Welcome to the Weekly Words of Worship podcast. My name is Daniel Innocent. I'm a youth pastor with the Ontario Seventh-day Adventist Conference. And currently, I'm enrolled in Andrews University where I'm getting my master's degree in divinity. I invite you to join me in reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. This study is not prepared beforehand, which allows you to be a participant in the studying process. This will teach you how to study the Bible for yourself, which is the greatest gift that I can give you. Once we begin a book, we read it to the very end. No skipping verses, no reading out of context. Now, sit back in a prayerful state and let's enjoy the day's reading together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for giving us life and life more abundantly. Lord, as we uh, read your word today, we ask that you would make it clear to us. Ask, Lord, that you would um, use me and speak through me and that uh, you would help me to be clear and concise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome to the very first episode of Daily Bible Studies for Youth and Young Adults. I'm happy to see you all joining me. I know many of you are probably some of my youth at uh, the church I was most recently pastoring at, at Ottawa Seventh-day Adventist Church. I just want to give a big shout out to all of you. And um, man, I can't wait to start this. So many people have asked me to uh, put something like this up so that you'd be able to keep in uh, uh, so that you'd be able to keep up with the Bible study. So I'm uh, really happy to be able to do this for all of you. Now, remember, this is not prepared beforehand, so it's not going to be perfect. I can't edit this, you know, all up and down to make it try to seem perfect because that would just be disingenuous to what I said at the very beginning. Okay, so if I stutter or if, you know, you hear me snort by accident, uh, work with me. All right. <laughs> Anyways, let's open our Bibles to the book of John. And we're going to read John chapter one, verse one. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. First of all, um, this is Bible study, right? We're not just doing Bible reading. So uh, expect us to take time to consider what um, what we just read, right? And what it meant, uh, because that's the whole point of studying. And remember, I can't give you all the answers because I don't have all the answers. That's why I still have to study myself. But I'm teaching you how to be able to study for yourself while you go through this process with me. And make sure that you do study everything for yourself and um, make sure that you actually believe that whatever is being said is biblical. You should be able to verify with your Bible that whatever you're hearing is biblical. And that's what I'm looking forward to as well, because as we go through this process of learning how to study, you'll also be able to learn how to pick out when you're hearing nonsense, because the same uh, the same steps that you would use to study are the steps that you would use uh, to evaluate whether or not somebody is saying something that's uh, credible or not. Okay, so this is uh, it has a lot of different uses for you. 
That being said, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. First of all, let's talk about this idea of the beginning. Now, this can be very deep because if I ask you, is there a beginning? Or as a matter of fact, if I ask you the question, how could there possibly be a beginning? The more that you think about it, the more that you'll find yourself like Alice falling down the hole, the rabbit hole leading all the way to, to, to Wonderland, right? The more that you think about it, um, the more that it gets a bit complex, right? Because um, if we were to say that the beginning was when, um, let's say, just like in Genesis, and by the way, John is mentioning the text like this because he's wanting us to compare what he's saying now to what the Bible is saying in Genesis. And we'll see how this passage actually lines up quite well with Genesis as well. So John purposely wants us to juxtapose, which just means to compare these two passages of scripture together, okay? So um, this whole idea of a beginning, all right? If we were to say that the beginning was the instant that God created the heavens and the earth, you could always ask the question, well, what happened before that? Right, or if I were to use more scientific terms, if I were to say, you know, the, the beginning was 800 uh, quadrillion years ago. I don't know if quadrillion is even a number. I just try to say something that sounded like a big number, all right? If I were to say however many millions of years you wanna say, you can still ask the question, what happened before that, right? Um, because there isn't a point where the clock was really zero, 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 right? There always had to have been something before that. So then how does this make sense that the Bible even uses this language about beginning if God has no beginning? And the way that it can make sense and the way that it does make sense is we have to remember that God is the beginning. Remember, uh, Revelation, um, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So he is that beginning point. He is a reference point. He is the point where everything started from. Without him, there is nothing. So he is literally the beginning for all of us, for anything, for everything, right? Um, now, when the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the Bible is trying to show us that there is something that is pre-existing the beginning. And this is the idea that says, you know what? Um, this thing and the thing that we're talking about is the word. As a matter of fact, maybe I shouldn't say this thing. I'll say this person. In the beginning was the word. If it existed in the beginning, then that shows you that it pre-existed the beginning. Are we following? If I say in the beginning was the word, 
right? The same way in Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God, it shows you as if God was already there, as if the word was already there. And so it, it, it tells us that there is a pre-existing even to that moment. And so that's why we can say that the beginning is really um, another way that you can even look at the beginning is you can say as far back as you want to go, right? As far back as you want to go, God. As far back as you want to go, the word. Always there, always present in the beginning. So the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. With. This is important. Um, there's all kinds of different theologies and ideas about the nature of God. And, you know, many of these things we have to be careful of because no man has seen God at any time, as the Bible says. So we want to make sure that we stick as close to whatever the Bible gives us as descriptions of God that we stay as close to those as possible. We don't want to deviate from those uh, because any deviation is just opinion. That's no longer truth. And there's nothing wrong with having an opinion, but uh, we have to be able to differentiate our opinions from what the Bible would say is truth. Okay. So when the Bible says, and the word was with God, we have a lot of different theologies. Some of the theologies that people have is that, or, or I should say one of the theologies, you see, this is the point where I would have edited that part out. You feel me? <laughs> but it's okay, we're all friends here. So one of the theologies anyways, is that Jesus is the father and Jesus is the son and Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And I guess the reason, and so, so the, the idea is that Jesus, uh, the whole Trinity exists inside of Jesus. There's some issues with this as being a, uh, as being true. There's, there's issues with it. Um, I personally disagree with this for a very simple, simple reason. Because the Bible shows us that um, it shows us the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit not existing in the same body, right? When Jesus is baptized, what happens? The Bible says that as Jesus is lifted out the water, the Holy Spirit descends from heaven and alights upon him like a, like a dove. And that the heavenly father speaks from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? So we see the father is speaking in heaven. The Holy Spirit is descending like a dove and Jesus is in the water. We see the three, not in one specific body. Now, this raises a different issue because the reason why um, some people decide to believe that Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is because it's an answer to a problem. And that problem is that we as Christians claim to be monotheists, uh, which means that we believe in only one God. But if we were to say um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that they're not in the same um, in the same body, 
then many people will say, well, if there's three bodies, that means that there's three gods, right? And to that, I would say no, because God is one. Now, that can sound a little bit strange or a little bit complicated, like, you know, convoluted. What is that supposed to mean? God is one. If we just heard that there's three, that they're not in the same body, how could you say that there's just one? But let's think about it. We have to uh, think of the word one, not just in the way that we think about the word one, but we have to think about the word one in the way that the Bible uses the word one. Because if we use the word one in the way that we use it and we don't use it in the way that the Bible uses it, then how will we be able to understand what the Bible is saying when the Bible is using it, right? Uh, we have to remember that our ideas and our ways of thinking have changed over time. So how does the Bible think of one? Does the Bible ever, uh, does the Bible ever call more than one person one? Ah, right. The Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and become one with his wife. So we know that there's oneness in marriage. As a matter of fact, I probably shouldn't even uh, flip here because later on in John, uh, which we're going to read eventually, and then I'm going to have to uh, go over this idea again, but it's okay, right? Um, Jesus's prayer, uh, Jesus's prayer to the Father in John chapter 17. Jesus says, verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So Jesus' prayer to the Father is that all of us would be one just as, which means in the same way that Jesus is one with the Father. So unless the Bible is saying that we're supposed to do some Power Rangers morphin' time and, you know, you jump on my shoulder and, you know, somebody else will be the left leg and then the right leg and we become one giant Christian. Is that what the Bible means when it says to be one? No. It means that we are together. We are working together. We are striving together. We are purpose together. We're of one mind, of one accord, of one mission, of one purpose. Right? And Jesus is so one with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. It's not like, okay, the perfect example is this. I used to feel really bad for my sisters when they would get their uh, hair braided when they were younger. I used to feel bad for them because it looked like a very painful experience. But if there is one hairstyle that I love to look at, it was the braids. 
especially single braids, not so much the cornrows, I'm not going to lie, right? But the single braids, I used to love, um, I used to love the, the single braids. I thought that they looked really nice. And it shocked me the first time that I found out that one braid was actually three strands of hair. I had no idea that a braid, that one braid was three strands of hair. I had no idea because it's so interwoven that when I look at it, all I see is one. It's so together that when I look at it, all I see is one. It might be three groups of hair that I braided together, but they've, because there's so much working together, they've become one. Are we following? So it's possible for the Bible to say, and the word was with God, with, as in they're not in the same body, and that not um, immediately mean, oh, it's not saying that there is more than one God. Okay. So it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So let's take some time and consider that the word was God, not one third God, but God, right? It's, um, I know it can be, it can feel, it can feel confusing, but the best way to understand it is to understand that God is one because God is unified. It's so unified that when you see the one, it's as if you see the other. As a matter of fact, Jesus is a representation of the character of God. And so we don't have to worry um, about whether or not the father is, uh, you know, going to be mad at us while Jesus is no longer mad at us. Jesus is, 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 is he shows us the, the mercy and the lovingness and the kindness of God. God is one. They, they're not, God is not, uh, God is not divided, right? So don't let that be a huge confusion for you. And remember, God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's even a little bit more complicated than just that because uh, we know that the word that is referring to here in the, uh, uh, John, for those of you who haven't read this before, we'll see as we continue to read that the word is actually representing Jesus or is who Jesus was before he was made flesh or a name that uh, Jesus was referred to uh, before he was made flesh. Okay. So it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So it's doubling down on this. Why is it doubling down? is doubling down because John wants to make sure that we know that the word was not created. 
The word was in the beginning with God. And moreover, all things were made through him. Let's stop for a moment. If you remember, I said a little bit before that John is, um, John is wanting us to refer back to Genesis chapter 1. And the way that we know that is because the language that he uses here in the beginning is he's using the same type of language that's used at the very beginning of the Bible. And this leads to one of the most important things that you can, um, uh, that you can know and that you need to know for a Bible study. And that is that the Bible explains itself. You know, too often do I see people when they're studying the Bible, they just try to, you know, you read a text and then you just try to just make up random ideas on what it can mean. When the real thing um, that we should do is we, sh we should be thinking about other Bible verses that speak towards the same idea that can help us as we think of what the answer could be. It helps us not to go far off the borders, right? Because I believe, I believe that the Bible does not contradict itself. And so what we have to do is we have to find harmony in the verses. We have to find how these verses, um, how they can coexist in a harmonious way. And when we find that, then we'll find the way that the, the verse is supposed to be uh, interpreted, okay? All right. So let's look in Genesis chapter 1 for a moment. Remember, we just read that all things were made through him. All things were made through the word, okay? So let's look. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was, was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, okay? So, remember, John says that all things were made through him. Who's the him that is referring to? You should remember, the him that is referring to is to the word, right? So John is literally saying all things were made through the word. All things were made through the word. And we know that we're not just talking about a uh, philosophical idea when he says the word, but we're actually talking about a person in the Godhead. We're talking about Jesus Christ, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. And look at this. When we read in Genesis, we see that everything is made by God saying, have mercy, let there be. And whenever he says, let there be, then there is. Whenever he says, let there be, then there is. 
Whenever he says, let there be, then there is. But now somebody's going to say, well, pastor, didn't he make Adam and Eve out of the dust with his hands and breathe into his nostrils? Yes. Yes. 100%. That's exactly what the Bible tells us. And even then, we would know it would have still been the word that would have been doing that. And the reason why we would know that is because the Bible didn't say that some things were made through him. The Bible didn't say that most things were made through him. The Bible didn't say that only important things or unimportant things were made through him. The Bible says that all things were made through him. That means that he made you, he made me, he made the whole galaxy, right? All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So everything that was made was made through him. This does not mean that Jesus made the Father and the Holy Spirit because they were never made. Are we, are we following? Jesus made everything that was made. But Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are ever existing. Right? Everlasting life. Right? From everlasting to everlasting. Have mercy. Um, as Buzz Lightyear would say, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know why I just said that joke just now, but I digress. So all things were made through Christ, okay? All things. The Bible says in verse four, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Uh, because we only have about four and a half minutes left, I don't wanna cheap out on this part. And so we're going to save this part for tomorrow. What I'm gonna ask you to do for today is I'm going to ask you to take something that, uh, take something from what we read today or from what you heard today and meditate on it throughout your day. Um, you're gonna wanna think about it during the day when you have your little breaks or your times when, you know, you would usually spend the time to stress out about what you're gonna do about this and about that. Take time to meditate on God's word. You know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I can tell you, you know, spending time in God's word can really clear your head and it can really motivate you and encourage you to get back on track and back to work. And um, I've really seen God has made things easier for me. Um, the, more, the more time that I spend with him, it's like uh, the work that I have to do becomes easier to do, you know, honestly. So I encourage you to take to take something and to meditate on it. And that's what Christian meditation is. Christian meditation isn't about, you know, emptying your mind. It's about meditating on his word, on his promises, on his goodness, on his nature, on his creation, on his strength, on his awesomeness. Right. That's what Christian meditation is. We're, we're glorifying God. Right. 
So take something, meditate on it, and you'll see it will be your food. It will be the food that you snack on for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we were able to spend together. I ask, Lord, that um, you would bless my friends who came into the study today and that you would encourage them to tune back in tomorrow uh, for another daily Bible study. Lord, help us to grow closer to you and closer together um, as we study your word with one another. Lord, I ask that you would help them to have productive days where they get a lot done and they don't slack off in any way, shape, or form. Lord, you said whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. And I ask that you would help us each to have that as our motto. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.